Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. One of the most common questions I get is on reverse dieting. Uh, So today we are going to talk just about that. I am going to describe what reverse dieting is. We are going to touch a little bit on metabolic adaptation, which is also known as adaptive thermogenesis, which is a process that accumulates over time. Um, It's a hormonal response, essentially a survival mechanism, if you will. Uh, while you're dieting. So it's something that occurs as you diet and it kind of builds up over the course of a diet. So we're going to touch on that. We are going to cover the reverse diet. I am going to uh, refer to the recovery diet, which is a concept and an ideology created by 3DMJ specifically. I believe it was coined by Jeff Alberts, um, but Eric Helms, Alberto Nunez, Brad, all the people in 3DMJ, the entire team. Um, They really popularized that for the competitive world, and it's something that I think it should be uh, more commonly used inside the CrossFit space and inside the general population space as well, not just the physique, the competitive physique realm. But I am going to touch on the recovery diet as well because I think it's important to discuss the concept of reverse dieting and recovery diet, and I think they both apply in many situations, and it's important to have some education on both. Um, And then I'm going to kind of describe essentially how to go about this entire process. Uh, which which route is best for you? Why should you be considering this? So on and so forth. Um, so today is going to be 100% dedicated to reverse dieting because I don't think I have done a reverse diet podcast. Um, and if I have, it's been a long time. So I really wanted to cover this because it's something that I get asked about so commonly and I've touched on in so many podcasts. But I have yet to really dedicate an entire podcast um, to give my thoughts on it as of late because this is something that has changed over time. Um, so before we get in the show, real quick, guys, this podcast is brought to you by CreaPure. I'm going to link a link to them. And more specifically, I'm going to link a, a couple things with CreaPure. First and foremost, I am going to give you guys a link to my recent blog that I wrote, The Definitive definitive guide on creatine monohydrate. Um, Also the podcast I did, which is also the definitive guide on creatine monohydrate. I recorded a podcast and wrote a blog, both extremely informative, literally giving you everything you need to know about creatine. Honestly, probably more than you actually need to know. (laughs) What you need to know is that creatine helps you build muscle, recover better, think smarter and faster, and you should probably take it, possibly even live longer. Uh, But I went above and beyond that. I described the uh, molecular processes that actually occur in the body, and I gave a lot of recommendations inside that. So I'm link both of those. I'm going to link our uh, sponsorship, uh, Creapure itself, and I'm going to link the page on their website that actually shows all the brands that use Creapure so you can make sure you're getting the highest quality creatine possible. This podcast is also brought to you by the Boom Boom Elite. Yes, I sponsor my own goddamn podcast, (laughs) but it is where you can get access to all of the training programs I design. We have now included True Coach into our membership site. So if you want to literally train with me, um, 
in two ways. So there's actually, you can literally train with me as in do the exact program I'm doing. So I am doing right now perform and build, which is a performance-based hypertrophy program. Um, and I also tackled on the, uh, back specialization day. So my training split is four days a week, upper, lower performance bodybuilding is what I kind of call it. Um, but that is the performance build program. And then on Saturday I do my specialization day, which is the back and biceps day. I want a little bit extra volume on my back and on my arms. And that is also available in the elite. So we actually have special specialization programs where you can add a fifth day onto your training and specialize in glutes and hamstrings, chest, shoulders, arms, back, whatever you want to specialize in really. Um, I am specializing in back because it's my favorite body part and I just want to yoke back period. Um, so I am doing the form and build. You can actually do that with me. I am a week or two ahead of everybody. So I'm kind of ahead of the curve and just they're, they're kind of right behind me on my tail. And then you can also do perform and burn, which is another program inside of true coach, which allows you to train with me in the sense that I'm constantly updating it and adjusting it and periodizing it for you as you go. And you get access to the true coach app. We also have a five day split. We are uploading a six day split and we have a foundation split, which is a four day fundamentals program. So if you need to kind of start from the get-go and really build your strength foundation, build your hypertrophy base and learn the movements and kind of understand motor control, this is a great program for you as well. So we have programs ranging from four to six days a week, all inside the True Coach app that allow you to train with me. Um, if you don't like True Coach and you don't want to use that, we also have a ton of programs, 20 plus programs available via PDF and Excel sheets so you can track it and do it the old school way, which is totally fine too. But the Boom Boom Elite is the one and only place to get all of my training programs as well as exclusive access and content from me inside the membership portal. All right, guys. Last thing I will say before we get into the, the podcast on reverse dieting is if you enjoy this show, if I'm helping you in any way, if I'm giving you some form of education that allows you to get better results or teach your clients more, please do me a huge favor. Share this on your, your Instagram story because it really does help me grow the podcast and this is my passion project and I want it to grow continuously. So what you can do is take a screenshot, post it on your story, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom so I can share it on mine as well and we can continue growing this podcast together. All right, without any further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right, so reverse dieting. What is reverse dieting? I think we should probably start with that. Reverse dieting is essentially the process of reversing a diet, believe it or not. <laughs> it's, it's quite literally the process of slowly increasing calories over time um, in, if we want to get literal, in the same fashion that you reduced calories during the diet. So, for example, if you dieted for six months and you went from your maintenance of 2,600 calories all the way down to 1,600 calories, it would be taking that process, this is why it's helpful to track along the way, and see how long it took you, see how many adjustments you made, see the type of adjustments you made, and then reverse that process back up to your maintenance. Um, that's the idea. That's the concept of reverse dieting. It's, it's quite literally taking a diet and reversing yourself back from your dieted state, so your leanest state that you have uh, accomplished at the end of a diet, and reversing yourself back up to maintenance so that you can, in theory, maintain a leaner physique while eating more calories. Now, the thing that we have to kind of preface this, this podcast with is that this is theoretical. There's no really solid research on reverse dieting. In fact, we have a lot of anecdotal research that shows a couple things. Number one, we do see some success with clients in, in multiple different ways. We see the uh, success with clients of staying lean while increasing their calories up. And then we also see the success of clients hormonally and metabolically being more sound and just healthier um, 
at a higher intake. So reversing their calories up until biofeedback starts to improve their hormonal uh, regulatory systems start to improve and their function as a human improves as well. So we're talking stress, sleep, metabolism, thyroid health, cortisol health, so on and so forth. Less stress on the body, better hormonal balance at the end of the reverse diet. Well, the failures we see with these are individuals who A, reverse diet in such a slow fashion that they become a hyper responder from a physical expenditure. And what I mean by this is they go so slow on reversing their calories up that they maintain their leanness and sometimes get even leaner, not realizing that the reason they are getting leaner is not because they are getting healthier. It's usually because they have an adaptive thermogenesis in the, the reversed way. So their body adapted thermogenically down. We know this, but a lot of people's neat does this on the way up. And, and, and people listening to this, and I've had this question too, is like, well, no, I tracked my steps and nothing changed. Well, yeah, you tracked your steps and maybe you kept your steps the same. However, what you don't notice is how often you stand, how often you blink, how fast you talk, how much you fidget or move your hands, um, how, how rapidly you're chewing your gum, um, little things like that. The steps that don't count, right? Things like that improve, uh, increase significantly when we increase calories, and that leads to a greater energy expenditure. So the problem with this is simple. You are increasing calories, and the calories that you are increasing are getting burned through NEAT, through non-exercise activity thermogenesis from all these factors day-to-day that burn calories. And although this sounds like a great thing, and although this is a great thing in order to stay lean, it is a negative thing when we consider improving our hormonal health. And this is why there are individuals who do a reverse diet after a show, for example, stay very, very lean, but feel like shit. Right? They reverse diet, their calories are just as high as they were at maintenance or even higher. They reverse their calories really high. They're maintaining leanness, so it looks perfect. But they're like, why am I still sleeping poor? Why do I feel so bad? So on and so forth. And the reason is because you are masking the calorie increase with adaptive thermogenesis. Um, usually it means you have to increase rapidly or faster, which we're going to get to in a sec with the recovery diet. Um, but the problem with this is simple. You're just burning the calories you're taking in um, rather than storing them as a little bit of body fat to hormonally improve your body, which is important. You do need body fat, so we can't stay super, super lean, which also there is a difference between a competitor reverse dieting and a uh, general population client reverse dieting. Um, so... That's like the, the, the beginning of this. And the, the other thing I will say too is there also are clients that do see improvements from a body composition during a reverse diet and health improvements. Um, there's some people that will say reverse dieting is a myth. You can't improve body composition and health while reverse dieting. And it's, it, I, I would disagree. I think it's case by case. Like I said, I think there's individuals who get to a very lean weight. Uh, they reverse diet and it's a success. They, they maintain a relatively lean weight. They probably are a couple pounds heavier at least um, for reasons we're going to get to in a sec. And they stay lean enough to be happy and they're healthier and it worked out well. Um, there are individuals who reverse too slow and although they stay lean, they do not improve health. Um, and then there are individuals who reverse diet and they just put the body fat on because they didn't do it the correct way or their body isn't responding properly, meaning their NEAT doesn't increase, which is usually an issue of hormonally, they just didn't put themselves in a good place. They went too aggressive on the diet. Um, but this is kind of where uh, the reverse diet versus the recovery diet comes into play. So the recovery diet was coined by, uh, I believe, um, Albert, uh, and I'm sorry, not Albert. 
Jeff Alberts, uh, I was almost said Alberto Nunez, but 3DMJ in general has popularized the recovery diet. And the, the idea of the recovery diet versus the reverse diet is to prioritize recovering your body from a hormonal and a metabolic perspective versus reverse dieting so slow to stay lean. It's not about staying lean. It's actually about getting your body to a healthy place so you can actually start building muscle. And in most cases, this is actually the best way to go about it because as we diet, metabolic adaptation occurs. This is also known as adaptive thermogenesis. And it's basically just the process in which your body reduces its energy expenditure over your diet. As time goes on, your body's processes start to slow down along with your weight loss, which it makes sense. It's a survival mechanism. And it's a normal response to dieting. Nobody can completely avoid metabolic adaptation. Um, reverse dieting doesn't necessarily take into effect that the fastest way to reverse these adaptations that occur, this metabolic adaptation or this adaptive thermogenesis, is to increase calories rapidly and actually gain weight. So this is the problem with most people. They don't like the idea of a recovery diet because there's the potential of gaining weight along with it. But what we need to remember is just as dietary fats in our diet support hormonal balance, so does body fat levels. So when we have body fat on our body, we actually allow our hormones to function at a better rate, which is why you can't stay contest lean forever. Everybody has their own genetic potential and genetic range of how lean they can keep their body and maintain their proper health. Um, so it's something to be aware of. And this is also why multiple dieting phases may be the best route to go. Spend a year cutting, maintaining, cutting, maintaining, cutting, maintaining, and avoid very, very slow reverse diets. Rather, cut, jump back up to, to maintenance relatively quick with a recovery diet, cut, jump back up to maintenance with a, uh, a recovery diet, cut, and you go back and forth until you can sustain that diet at a lower rate. Um, and again, if we reverse diet too slow, we are not only A, giving our body enough calories fast enough, but we are not allowing our body to put on a little bit of body fat in order to recover from that metabolic adaptation. Um, so the difference between a reverse diet and a recovery diet is simple. Recovery diet is a little bit more aggressive, um, especially at the beginning. We would bump calories up pretty rapidly in order to support our hormones faster and get us into a healthier position right away. And then from there, we can slowly increase calories um, until we find a good maintenance. Usually this entails gaining weight right out the gate and then maintaining after that. A reverse diet is where you try your hardest to maintain the weight that you have achieved as slow as possible. Um, there are times that you can do this and there's times you cannot do this. The times that you can do this is likely when you didn't take such an aggressive approach during the reverse diet, or I'm, I'm sorry, during the diet itself, that you're not in a hormonally compromised position. So maybe you dieted for 12 weeks, it wasn't so aggressive that you feel like death, and you could probably go a little bit longer, but you're gonna play it safe and you're gonna reverse diet now. This is a totally fine time to take it pretty slow so you can find your new maintenance and possibly keep cutting while bringing calories up a little bit. Usually, if you can continue cutting while you are reverse dieting, um, you did things right in the sense that you jumped the gun and you got started on the reverse diet before it was too late, and your body is responding well by lowering stress, improving sleep, and likely burning a little bit more calories throughout the day through NEAT, and the accumulation of these three things are likely going to burn more fat, possibly build more muscle while increasing calories a little bit. The next thing we're going to talk about is adding protein first. So one thing to consider is adding protein during a reverse diet. 
the times I like to do this is when an individual comes to me and they are not experienced. So maybe they weren't tracking macros. Maybe they weren't aware of where their macros should be. But they come to me and they're under eating calories, but they're also under eating protein. The first micronutrient I am going to increase during a reverse diet in a general population individual who is under consuming both calories and protein is protein, which I think is pretty obvious. But the reason for this is simple. It is extremely extremely hard for your body to store protein as body fat. Also, protein has a high thermic effect of food. So if I can get your body burning a little bit more calories uh, that you are consuming and keep you satiated, we might actually be able to stay into a relative deficit for a little bit longer. So let's say we're getting towards the tail end of your diet and or you come to me and you're not losing weight, but you're under consuming protein. Either way, I'm going to increase protein. This is going to have a more likely effect of maintaining muscle mass, increasing calories, which will help your metabolism a little bit. But also, I'm going to give you calories that burn calories. Now we are covering all of our bases and ensuring you're in a healthy position first. Very rarely will I do this with somebody who is a serious dieter or somebody who I took through the dieting process. Just because I know if I take you through a diet, I'm ensuring that your protein is high enough before we even get to the reverse diet process. But it's something to consider and something I wanted to add in here first because if you were consuming less than 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight in protein, I would probably bump that up first if you were getting ready to go into a reverse diet. In most cases, if you have more than 50 pounds to lose and you're going into a reverse diet, it's much more complicated and we are probably going to dive into different things other than protein. The next step I'm going to take, sometimes the first step with many individuals, is getting fats to a minimal effective dose if they are beneath your maintenance level. So what I mean by this is we may still have some process, uh, progress to make or, or um, some steps to take inside of a reverse or recovery diet, but before I do anything else, I want to get your fats up to the minimal effective dose to keep your hormonal uh, balance happy. So let's say you cut calories down pretty low, and if you are a physique-oriented individual or somebody who cares about performance and muscle mass, you likely dropped fat in that process because we want to spare carbs at all costs because that is probably going to be the surest way for us to keep weights high, keep reps and volume high in the gym, and maintain muscle mass in general. Fats are there, however, just to really support very, very low intensity um, and some cognitive functions, but mainly hormones. When we drop fats too low, our hormones do take a hit, um, and we're also going to see a hit on our nervous system. We're going to see a hit on our brain function. We're going to see a hit on our mood, uh, things like that, sex drive, so on and so forth, which is all essentially an indirect uh I wouldn't even say correlation, indirect causation from lowering fats and therefore lowering our hormonal balance. So fats are a precursor for hormonal health, um, as are some other things and just calories in general. And that's something to, to remember too is calories in general are going to play a bigger role in our hormonal health. So regardless if you keep fats high, if you're on a keto diet, if you're in a deficit, your hormones are going to be harmed, right? They're going to they're gonna take a hit. However, when we look at just carbs, just fats, or just protein, I would argue that fats are probably going to play the bigger role in making sure that your hormonal health is in a good position. That being said, it's very important to make sure you're at your minimal effective dose, which I would recommend anywhere between 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound. Um, 0.3 is the very low end. That is the absolute lowest I will ever go with somebody, and that's usually the lowest I will go during a diet, and that's also usually when they have plenty of weight to lose. If the more weight you have to lose, the easier it is for me, the safer I feel pulling those fats down a little bit because you have body fat on your body. And like I mentioned earlier, 
fat on your body is a good thing in, in the hormonal realm. Now, too much fat on your body is a negative thing. So it's a double-edged sword. However, if we get too lean, dietary fats in the diet become more important because that's where your hormonal resource is. If you still have weight to lose, you have stored body fat and that's going to serve as a hormonal benefit as well. Um, so it's kind of, again, it's a double-edged sword. The lowest I will go is 0.3, but when reverse dieting someone, I want to get them towards 0.35 and 0.4 for some smaller females, even like 0.5 grams per pound. So anywhere between 0.35 to 0.5 grams per pound is like a safe zone during a reverse diet. Um, and I would say too, like the lower the end, the more priority it is to get, just get calories up to maintenance, period. But first step after protein, if we need to adjust protein once we start the reverse diet, is going to get fats up to minimal effective dose. So let's say we finish a diet with you and you're at 130 grams of carbs, you're at 40 grams of fat, and you're at 180 grams of protein, whatever it may be. These are just random numbers. Your body weight tells me that I need at least 50 grams of, of fats in order to hit that like 0.35.4 grams per pound range, and that's going to give you hormonal health. That's the first adjustment I'm going to make. I'm going to tweak your, your calories in this reverse diet by bumping your fats from that 40 grams right up to 50. Um, it's a 10 gram fat range. It's not that many calories. Um, and I might even bring up carbs with it as well because one thing I typically like to do is I like to take a slightly aggressive approach for my first adjustment because what I want is I want you feeling satiated. I want you having energy. I want you sleeping better. I want you feeling better literally right out the gate. It's going to give you better adherence. It's going to give you more momentum. It's going to give you a better metabolic kick. And it's going to allow us to dive into the diet and reverse diet slower after this fact because I'm, I'm prioritizing your health here essentially. But again, I'm prioritizing the fat here. So whether I'm just adjusting fat or I'm adjusting fat and a little bit of carbs, fats are my main priority first. And my priority there is to get them up to that 0.35 to 0.4 grams per pound range for most individuals. For females who are under 125 pounds, sometimes that looks like 0.5 grams per pound just because you're smaller. Um, and it is important to get those fats up, especially as a female. After this, I'm going to slowly build carbs up every one to two weeks until reaching maintenance. This is likely going to be a 100 to 300 calorie bump. It's a big range, but it just really, really depends, um, which means it can be realistically anywhere between uh, 10 to 30 grams. So even less than 100. Sometimes it's only 50 uh, calories uh, per week. And that's if I'm going really slow. So uh, the initial bump is going to be slightly bigger. Um, for example, I might add 10 grams of fat and 25 grams of carbs right out the gate. I want you feeling better. I want you noticing that you're eating more food, feeling more satiated, having more performance, uh, higher improvements in the gym right away. And then after about a week or two, I might add another five grams of fat and 10 grams of carbs. After that, I might add 15 grams of carbs per one, two weeks until we reach your maintenance. So this is a typical reverse diet and this is a safe reverse diet. The caveat here is when we need a recovery diet. So let's say that you started your diet at 2,600 calories and you got down to 1,600 calories. Same example as we had earlier. A re recovery diet in theory would say, I need to bring you right up to 2,600 because that is your maintenance. I'm going to do that right away by bringing your fat up to that minimal effective dose, bringing protein up to where we need it, and then I'm going to just jump your carbs all the way up. So we might, for excuse me, example, we might bring you from at – 1600 range all the way up to 2300 um, and I know like the thing people will notice is that I said 2300 not 2600 if I brought you right up to 2600 let's say we add 20 grams of protein 10 grams of uh, uh, I'm sorry 20 grams of protein 10 grams of fat and 
however many carbs that's left. That could be another 100 to 200 grams of carbs to get you back up to your old maintenance. You are for sure going to gain weight at that point. But here's the caveat. Some of that weight is not fat, and the parts of that is fat is from that 300 calories from 2300 to 2600. That 300 calories is now a surplus. So uh, that sounds a little confusing when I'm saying it out loud, but let me let me pull back a little bit. If we started a diet at 2600 and we slowly chopped calories down all the way down to 1600, if you lost 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, I need the individual to be sure, but regardless, you lost weight during this period. Therefore, 2600 calories is no longer your maintenance. Not only are you moving less, but you are carrying less body mass, period. The less we weigh, the less calories we burn, period. This is why like when people say like, oh, I just have a slow metabolism and they're very overweight, it's actually not always true. Uh, the basal metabolic rates of obese individuals is actually often higher because they have more mass to move. So moving their body and doing daily functions, neat in general, is way more taxing on them than us. Um, it's the same reason why muscle mass is a little bit more taxing when you have muscle on your body. It, it requires more calories to move because you're heavier, but also it requires more calories to maintain. Fat, on the other hand, doesn't require as many calories to maintain as muscle does. But my big point being here is simple. If you lose 10, 20, 30 pounds during a cut, you are 10, 20, 30 pounds lighter than you were before. And therefore, walking up and down the stairs, moving around and, and going about your day requires less energy to do because you just don't have as much mass to move, period. Um, so the, the thing I want you to take away from this is that your old maintenance is not your new maintenance. So when you reverse diet, one of the benefits of doing a reverse diet versus a recovery diet is it's easier to find that new maintenance. Cause for some people it's a hundred calorie difference for others. It could be a 600 calorie difference. Um, if you do a recovery diet, you don't want to jump right up to that old maintenance. What you do want to do is give yourself a big enough boost to where you know you're not going into the ranges of a surplus, but you're giving yourself enough food in order to feel better. So for example, you cut down to 20, uh, 1,600 calories. You do the math. You do a calculation using a, a good sound equation, um, and, and you base what you think your need is and you find that your your maintenance now should be 2100. So it was 2600, but now after your weight loss you think it should be 2100. I would consider the best way to approach a recovery diet jumping your calories up from that 1600 right to 2100. It's a big jump and you will gain weight, which I'm going to get to here in a sec, but it's not going to be fat because you're not going into a surplus. You're going to your new maintenance. And if you want to be extra safe, maybe you go from 1600 to 2000. You're like, "I think I'm at like 21, 2200 for new maintenance." I'm going to jump up to, to 2,000 just to be sure I don't go too far, see what my body weight does, and then maybe creep it up a little bit higher to find that maintenance. There are two different approaches, and, and that's honestly the approach I love to take because no matter what, you're going to have to get your body up to that place. And I think this is the biggest people thing uh, people have a misconception with. Whether you take six months to reverse diet back to your new maintenance or you take six weeks, you're going to gain the weight. You're going to gain weight back. Your maintenance will bring you to a certain weight. Usually, that scale increase is from a few things. Muscle mass, good thing. Glycogen replenishment, another good thing. It's just carbohydrates and water stored in your muscle tissue. Hydration status, you pull more water in with more food. Not a bad thing, but it's going to weigh down the scale. You might even have some, some uh, subcutaneous water, so water over, uh, under the skin over the muscle, which is going to appear to make you look less lean, but you're just retaining water. Um, gut content, this is something nobody thinks about. If you add 1,000 calories to your diet, you have 1,000 calories more food. That's a lot of food volume. 
Even if you add 300 calories, that's a good amount of food volume if you're eating whole foods. That food weighs you down and it pulls in more water. So now you're retaining water in your muscle, good thing, and you're retaining water in your gut, not a bad thing. It's going to help you go to the bathroom. It's going to help fiber do its job and you're just generally having more food in your stomach. Um, Natural sodium increases. This is something nobody thinks about. Where do you find sodium? Food. Where do you add sodium to? Food. What does sodium do? Pulls in water. So if I add more calories, even if I don't mean to, I'm likely adding more sodium. Another thing I'm pulling in water from. Um, And then last but not least, a little bit of fat mass, which again is not a bad thing um, because you need some fat to hormonally be uh, productive. Um, The last one, the fat mass, is a is applicable to not everybody. If you do a body uh, a physique competition, you should gain some fat afterwards and you will gain some fat afterwards and that's a good thing because it's going to help your hormones function properly. If you do a diet phase right, you can do a reverse or recovery diet and not put any fat mass on. Um, if you periodize a, a proper fat loss diet, a proper cut, like something like we do at Boom Boom Formats is we take people through a three to eight month cut where we are cycling calories and diet breaks in properly. So they are multi-day refeeds. There are diet breaks. We're doing it in a sustainable manner. If we are being aggressive, we are not being aggressive for very long and we're following those aggressive periods up with sufficient diet breaks to avoid as much metabolic adaptation as we can. It's still going to happen a little bit. Um, Or we are taking a very slow, sustainable approach so we don't do too much damage during the process. If you do it this way, you don't approach unhealthy levels of leanness anyway because that's not sustainable so my point being is if you do the cut properly if you don't stress your body out too much you can recover a diet and you won't gain much if any fat mass at all because most people are not getting to unsustainable levels of leanness unless they are getting on stage those individuals who are getting on stage probably should know and they probably want to put a little bit of body fat on after stage is done because they know it's required in order to sustain health. That being said, muscle mass, glycogen replenishment, hydrogen status, uh, hydration status, sorry, gut content, natural sodium increases, and a little bit of fat mass, those are the things weighing down the scale. So if we accommodate for that, we should see a scale increase, two, three, four, five pounds even. And that's normal. That doesn't mean you're gaining fat. That means that you are putting food in your body and it's retaining water, building muscle, taking in sodium, and it's just sitting in your gut. (laughs) So you're naturally going to uh, increase your weight. Now, I get a lot of questions about hyper-responders, so it's something I wanted to cover in this as well. Hyper-responders are people who respond very well to a uh, calorie increase, to a reverse diet. Most hyper-responders, and this has been documented, most hyper-responders aren't uh, freaks of nature who just can burn fat on more calories. That's uh, going against the law of thermodynamics. What they are experiencing is a rapid increase in calories, which leads to a, a, a sufficient increase in meat without them really noticing it. So they might track their steps. And although they don't add more steps, like I mentioned earlier, say they track their 10K steps all the way through the diet and they just keep doing that, what they don't notice is that they chew faster. Um, The thermic effect of food is a thing. So the more calories you eat, you're actually burning calories through digestion. Um, You're going a little bit harder in the gym. So your your energy in the gym is cranking your performance up, which is going to lead to more of a 
uh, increase in heart rate, metabolic rate, metabolism, just calorie expenditure, period. You're fidgeting more, you're talking faster, you're blinking more, so on and so forth. All these things add up and they end up burning more calories day to day. And that's why they're a hyper responder. It's because their body is a very adaptive and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. They have a highly adaptive metabolism and they can increase calories and actually maintain their leanness pretty well. Um, then there's others, individuals, which this is not as documented, but I think it is more of a uh, central nervous system adaptation in a good way and a stress adaptation in a good way where when we increase calories, their nervous system functions better, their hormones are supported a little bit better, and their stress goes down. So their sleep increases, which we know directly burns more calories and increases their metabolism, and their hormones are less stressed. This stress relief and cortisol reduction ends up relieving their body a little bit and either a they lose water weight or b they just burn more fat on a day-to-day basis because they're in a healthier position so it does happen um, during reverse diet but it's it's not as common as maintaining or gaining a few pounds. And that should really be the goal. The goal really realistically should be to have a sustainable diet approach that you can consistently do, having diet breaks along the way to periodize it properly and to minimize metabolic adaptation, not avoid it, minimize it. And then when you get to the point of reverse dieting, you take it from a recovery approach. You increase calories pretty rapidly to improve health pretty rapidly and then you inch up until you find your new maintenance and you stay there for a while before you go back into a cutting phase if you want to get leaner in the future. During this maintenance phase, your goal is to build muscle, which will happen at a very slow rate so it's very hard to notice. So it's best to just focus on performance outcomes and maintaining your total body weight. All right, final thoughts on this. Don't take too long. You are just delaying your time and staying in a deficit longer. And what I mean by that is simple. If you start reverse dieting and you are going so slow to find your maintenance, know that every increase in calories is just an increase within your determined deficit. So think about that really hard. It's really, really important. If I am in a deficit, let's say I'm eating 1,500 calories and my new maintenance is 2,000. Well, I increase my calories to... 1550, then 1615, and then 1700, and then 1750. And I'm taking these like baby steps, just adding 10 grams carbs, 10 grams carbs, 10 grams carbs. If I'm doing that for too long, I am still within a deficit because I'm not going to be out of a deficit till I hit or pass 2000 calories, right? We just determined that. So by me taking these baby steps, I'm prolonging the deficit. I'm in a deficit for, let's say that takes me eight weeks. I'm in a deficit for eight or eight weeks, two months longer than had planned because I'm quote unquote reverse dieting. When if I would have bumped right up to 1800, I would have initially started uh, reversing this metabolic adaptation effect, feeling better and still maintaining my weight. So I know I have a little bit of room to go and then I can bump up hundred calories, hundred calories. And then I'm there in three weeks, right? Now I'm maintaining my weight. Yes, I gained two pounds and that's purely glycogen replenishment, hydration, sodium, so on and so forth. Now I can focus on building muscle, maintaining, and being in a healthier position. So not only did I lower the amount of time I was in a deficit, I lowered the amount of metabolic adaptation, and I increased my health and my muscle mass because I'm going to be in maintenance for longer, and I can actually get back to a cut sooner. So I'm minimizing the damage by doing that. And by taking too long, you're actually delaying your time, and you're staying in deficit longer. Now, That being said, I still do inch people up 10 grams at a time after I achieve close, if not to what I believe is their new determined maintenance. Because what I have seen in my experience is that I will bring people up pretty fast and I'll get them to a point where they're feeling really good. And I do that as fast as I can. Now I'm determining that 
I think I'm at your your new maintenance. I believe we have found your maintenance. I feel like you're in a good place. Now I'm going to inch you up 10 grams up time, 15 grams up time very slowly to see if I can kind of push that metabolic capacity, push that metabolic threshold where we start to see you increase your need, increase your performance in the gym and build muscle mass so these calories go to good use. We might be able to add in another 50 to 60 grams of carbs slowly while maintaining and just building muscle because your body is using them efficiently because I am going very slow. This is why I like a recovery diet better. We bump up initially to chase health, biofeedback, improve hormonal and metabolic adaptation, and then we inch up slowly to try to push that threshold as far as we can while not gaining fat. Next thing, your new maintenance is not your old maintenance. I've said this many times, but it is a final thought that I have to kind of conclude with to make sure you guys understand. As you diet, metabolic adaptation occurs and your maintenance lowers. Therefore, your north star of your metabolism of your caloric intake is not your old maintenance. If you started a diet at 2,600 calories, that's not what you were reverse dieting to. You were reverse dieting to what you do not know yet. You were trying to find that new maintenance. Avoiding an aggressive deficit will lead to more likelihood of sustainability because your body can actually handle the level of leanness. So this is a really good point. I think people need to take their time. Periodize your plan. Hire somebody who can periodize your plan and and plan for the long run. The more and more people that can commit to six or 12 months of dieting, the better. Not because you're going to be in a deficit the whole time, but because you can plan ahead. You can take it much slower. You can chase a slower and more sustainable rate of loss, and you can factor in more diet breaks along the way. The slower you go, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to sustain the level of leanness that you want to achieve. And you're also going to know what that level of leanness is. I've taken my body past its sustainable level of leanness multiple times. And when I get out of that, I don't expect to maintain that because I know I've passed that. But I do have a level of leanness that I can sustain and it's because I achieved that before the unhealthy levels of leanness and I did it the right way. I did it slowly and I sustained that first. And then I pushed my body past that for photo shoots, physique competitions, stuff like that. For physiological health, just jump straight up to maintenance. I got to add that in there too. That's part of the recovery diet, but I think it's really important that if if your physiological measurements or physiological health is just so bad that I mean there's just no other there's no other route. If you're in a place where you're sleeping horribly, you have test results from uh, blood work that show your hormones are in a bad place, you know your thyroid's unhealthy, anything like that, just jump right up to maintenance. It's, it's just no point. Do the recovery diet. Get up as soon as possible because your physiological health is more important. And if you want to maintain a lean physique in the long run, you need to get that first anyway. The last thing I will say is that using diet breaks along the way makes achieving maintenance at a leaner physique much easier. So think about it like this. If I... Cut for three weeks, maintain for a week. Cut for three weeks, maintain for a week. I have a diet break that is seven days long every three weeks. This is a really good way to teach your body how to handle higher calories at a lower body fat better. What you are doing literally is cutting weight. So let's say in three weeks you lose three to four pounds and then you bump up to maintenance level calories for a week. Maybe you gain a pound back, but you're still maintaining a lighter weight than you were prior to starting the diet. So by the time I get to the end of my cut, I have consistently practiced every two to three weeks, let's say, you throw in a diet break along the way because as you get leaner, the more diet breaks you'll need. But every two to three weeks, you're practicing eating more calories while maintaining a lower weight. The more you do that, the easier that reverse diet process is going to be, the less likely you are you are to have like weight fluctuations or have your weight shoot back up, the easier it is going to be to maintain that lean physique. I can almost guarantee it because I've seen it many, many times. And this is one of the benefits of having diet breaks along the way. 
All right, guys, so I hope that makes sense. This was a little bit of a rant. I had some bullets here that I wanted to read off, but I really wanted to dive into my thoughts on reverse dieting. And in a nutshell, I believe that a recovery diet is smarter. I believe that no matter how slow you take your calories up, your body has a, uh, a weight regulatory process and a metabolic regulatory process, meaning you are going to have a kind of a genetic potential. So staying extremely, extremely lean probably isn't going to happen. Um, I shouldn't say that because some people can maintain a very lean physique. Some people have to cut to that leanest physique, realize that it's unsustainable, reverse up, gain a little fat, spend time building muscle, and then come back down because when you have more muscle mass, it's easier to maintain a leaner physique. Not because you have less body fat percentage, but because less body fat or your body looks leaner. Your body can maintain a leaner look with the same amount of body fat. And, and what I mean by that is let's say you are – you get to your goal weight of 160 pounds and you are 10% body fat. You look a certain way. But then you build muscle and you get up to 175 and then you cut again. Now you're 165 at 10%. You have the same exact amount. Well, you wouldn't even be 10%. You would be 8%, let's say. You still have 6 pounds of body fat, 16 pounds of body fat, whatever it is, on your total body. You will look dramatically different with that 16 pounds of body fat on if you add 5 pounds of muscle. So you can maintain a lean, lean physique easier when you have a lot of muscle mass is what I'm getting to. So some people need to get to that lean physique, realize that it's not sustainable, pull out, do a maintenance phase, build some muscle, come back in and cut again, and then they'll they'll maintain that physique they want much easier. I think that reverse dieting is a great concept for, for some people. I think the hardest part for most people is that they have to gain weight at the beginning, but we have to remember that it, a lot of it is glycogen levels, sodium, water, food content in your gut, muscle mass increases, so on and so forth. Reverse dieting doesn't literally minimize fat gain. It just prolongs the, the pace. So you could gain the three pounds during a reverse diet in a week, or you could gain it in six weeks. Six weeks is easier mentally, and therefore the art of coaching kind of comes into play with this. Sometimes it's helpful to slowly reverse diet people. Other times they understand that it's it's needed to increase right away, and you can get them to a better physiological place. Um, but the thought that it kind of helps you build up the metabolism, making it possible to eventually eat more while maintaining a lower weight isn't completely true. In some scenarios, it can be potentially true, but it's mainly true because you're adaptive thermogenesis. You are you're, you're uh, have a highly adaptive metabolism. You have a highly adaptive NEAT. So your NEAT increases and your energy expenditure just increases because you're eating more food, you build more muscle, you move more, you train harder. So it's not that you're minimizing fat gain from uh, – I mean, you are and you aren't. It's very hard to explain because there is a lot of physiological processes going on with this. But my point being is that I don't think reverse dieting is all that people crack it up to be. I think there is a very specific process you need to go about. And I think you need to prioritize your physiology, your health, before you try to maintain a lower body fat level. And the last thing I will say, because now I'm just ranting, is that if you take a slower process, you implement diet breaks along the way, reverse dieting is not only more feasible and easier and less stressful, it's actually more possible because you actually can reverse diet. You're not going to reverse diet to at or above your old maintenance, but you are going to reverse diet to your new maintenance and you absolutely can maintain a lean physique at more calories than you're currently at, but not as many calories as when you started because your, your metabolism likely slowed down during the diet.
So I hope that all makes sense, guys. I hope you guys have some big takeaways. If you have any questions, please let me know. I do have a form in the description. Um, it's titled Ask Boom Boom. You can click that. It'll give you a form that you can fill out and ask me any questions. And I would love to hear follow-up questions from this podcast so I can go in deeper and even do like a, like a part two or something. So I will catch you guys next time. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.